Hello and thank you for downloading the latest episode of Beast Pod. We recorded today's show after the 3-2 victory against Notts County at the Hive and myself, Mem and Michael were joined by a special guest, Mem's brother, Serge, who came over to watch today's game, his first in over a year. On today's pod, we look back at the fantastic performance which sees the Bees rise to 8th place in the table. We think about the parting players of Bonds and Gala and those who potentially could leave in January. And we look ahead to a busy festive period which could see the Bees fighting at the right end of the table for a change. We really hope you enjoy the show. If you have any feedback, comments or ideas, let us know on Twitter or email or any of the channels at the end. Thanks a lot and enjoy. So welcome everyone to our latest episode of Bees Pods. We're in a, a very lively Grazioli's bar uh, after Barnet have won 3-2 today against Notts County. And I'm joined by two regulars and a special guest. So I'm joined by Mem first of all. How are you today, Mem? Ecstatic. Ecstatic. What a lovely game. What a fantastic game it was. We'll get into that in a second. I'm also joined by Michael. How are you today, Michael? I'm feeling radiant today, Ian. Thank you. <laughs> Say it like you mean it. <laughs> and I'm, I'm also joined uh, by Serge, uh, who is Mem's brother who's come over especially to watch uh, Barnet Notts County travel thousands of miles to get here. Serge, how are you today? I wouldn't say thousands of miles, but plenty. Um, freezing, but the victory's warmed me up a little bit. So, well, well, let's get into that victory because, Mem, it was an enjoyable day, actually, for once at the Hive. It ha- there haven't been that many of them uh, since, uh, well, in, in previous podcasts, but today felt like a really good victory, a good turning point, a 3-2 win. Um, talk us through the game, what happened, what was good, what was bad, and, and why are you so happy today? Actually, the game actually started off really slowly. I mean, they scored in the 15th minute, but it didn't really. The game was really a bit, a little bit flat, and then, and then we equalised from Dembele, and then from that point onwards, I think we just dominated the game. And the second half was the most fun I've had in a long time. It was just like incident packed. There was <laughs> tackles flying in. There was argy bargy between the players. There was. Uh, an element of Mickey taking in the corner and there were some <laughs> goals and it was just great fun and a really good chance and then we seemed to wake up a bit in, in, in the crowd as well. And Michael, I mean you were having a good time next to me today, I mean what what was it about today's performance that's, that's made you happy, positive, radiant, what, what was it about today that was so good? Well I mean aside from the, the result it was just, it felt like we were playing a better style of football, a, a, a nice, playing it on the deck and trying to look look for look for you know passes, and just it seemed like it was a good all-round team performance. Everyone did very well. I thought um, Ryan Mason Clark had a very very good 50 55 minutes or so. You know, as his I think that was his his league debut. And he did incredibly well, and the rest of the team all put in a good shift and a good performance. And that was the thing. People were smiling. People were laughing because the team played well. I mean, Serge, you're probably the most impartial of all of us here because this is your first game in a few years. So, based on today's performance, what, what sort of team do we look like? Do we look like a team that are sort of mid-table, lower mid-table? Do we deserve to win today or do you think we were a bit lucky with, with some of the goals and the decisions? Um, I thought Barnet deserved to win. I think Notts County didn't really have a lot of ideas. It's quite surprised how much long ball they play, particularly with the size of Dembele and Nelson, two players that just stick their head through the ball, win all their battles. But um, I thought we played some good football today and um, we played... a. Uh, we played out really well from the back when we needed to and when we needed to clear, you know, we made sure we got the ball forward. I thought Akinde was exceptional today. Every time he got the ball, it stuck and all their defenders backed off and when they got close, he just turned them and brought other people into the game. So I was really impressed today. 
mean, it's interesting that you mentioned Akinde because we've relied on him so much for goals recently. Um, and he, he did, obviously didn't score today, but he had a quite a big impact. I mean, Mem, who else stood out today in terms of their performance? Or, you know, I know your favourite player got two goals, so uh, <laughs> I don't want to set you up for an obvious one here. But who else stood out today for you? Well, actually, I thought I thought the team as a whole played really well. I mean, um, but one thing I liked about the team today was that it seemed to have quite a good balance. You had we had two proper wide guys, we had two strikers, one leading the line, one trying to run off it. We had a holding midfield player and one player trying to just close it down. And we had the two and and apart from you know, and we had Sammy Alves at right back. Um, who uh, old Sam Togwell covered at right back, and he did. He was pretty solid. So the team was had a really nice look at it. Of uh, you know the team, and I thought for me, champion seemed to be always in the right place to get the ball and recycle it and move it again. I just thought that every time the ball dropped, it always seemed to drop to Sam uh, to Tom Champion. I thought Mauro was really lively all through the game, and I thought Luke in the second half. In the first half, he was okay, but in the second half, he really, really like just took it on and played like and scored his two goals. Yeah, I thought with with Luke and Mauro, that second half they swapped they swapped sides as well, and that that seemed to to be quite effective with just with the play and how things were moving around. It was it was it was very very you know it, was, it just seemed very positive. And I think that's because of where we were when we think back to the last podcast and the doom and gloom, the slough of despond we were in then. And it's six league games later, we're now in eighth place just outside those playoffs. And it's, um, you know, it's okay, the division is incredibly tight. Newport are back down at the bottom. They'd gone up to somewhere in the, the sort of high teens and dropped back. So it can still change, but we've made progress. I think the team, okay, some of it is injuries and departures, but some of it, it's, um, you know, there's, there is a very solid, the team looked solid today. It looked like people knew what they were doing. They were in the right positions. And it, as Mem said, it looked very balanced. I mean, to, to what extent do you think Martin Allen should take credit for that? Because he, clearly the players haven't changed that much. It's the same sort of back four, same sort of midfields. Maybe Tomlinson's come back in. Um, I mean, to what extent, Mem, do you think Alan should take credit for that? Or is it just a change in players or opposition that's led to these results? I think, I think the difference between today and some of the, some of the poorer performances um, in, sort of, since when we, you know, we've, had some, we've had some funny performances where we've got some results where we've not played particularly well. And I think the difference is, is that we didn't... I think, that for me, the, the, tog, uh, the, 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 um, uh, the Muggleton throw actually is a bit of a disruption. Because every because the problem the ball is because the ball's always in the air, there's always a scrap to try and get the ball on the ground. Whereas today, because there were, because the ball was being thrown a lot shorter, and it wasn't being fired in every opportunity a long throw, it meant that the ball it was a lot easier to get the ball down on the ground and start passing it. There was we did try it and get balls over behind them, but what we were doing was as soon as the second ball came down, what we were doing is we were getting it, we were winning that second ball, and then we were you playing it on the deck and not trying to hoof it again. So that, I think that was the big difference. I mean, yeah, it's one of the things that um, stood out was definitely this less of a long ball approach. I mean, Serge, today, obviously, Barnett, we came over the result. What did you think of Notts County, though? Did you feel that they were a side who didn't have a very good day, or did you think that we were just better than them technically and tactically as a, as a team? I mean, what, what was your sense of the relationship between the two sides today? 
Well, as I said before, I thought they were, they were quite poor today, a lot of long ball, but they didn't really sort of penetrate in the final third. You know, the first goal was an absolute worldie, and you know, the captain will uh, look back at that tonight and enjoy it. But I didn't think they created a lot. You know, the midfielders, you know, were trying to win the battles, but Tom Champion, he was always a step ahead. It was like almost watching Michael Carrick in there. The, the brains a step ahead, the ball's dropping, and Champion already knows where the short pass is, and he'll just cushion a volley out wide or into the fullbacks. I thought um, Tom Champion had a very good game today, and. Um, it's, it's the first time I've seen him play in midfield for Barnet because I remember him back when he was playing centre-back for Barnet. This would have been like about 10 or so years ago. But, um, and then the next time I saw him play midfield was for Cambridge against us. But um, it's the first time I've seen him in a Barnet shirt playing in midfield and I was quite impressed with him today. It's interesting you say that because one side that hasn't been very impressed with Tom Champion was Lincoln City where we sent him off on loan. And interesting today, Michael, you mentioned to me that there's a couple of players in our starting eleven who were on the transfer list or who have been out of favour. So Luke Gambin, Maro Valete and obviously uh, Ben, sorry, Ben Tomlinson also um, champion as well. What do you think's changed that's caused those players to come into back into favour? And do you think actually uh, they should have been playing all along? Well, with the your second question, yes, I think they should have been. Some, you know, that the, the, I would have had them more involved with the first team than they had been. Obviously, they've come back in because of the amount of injuries, and you know, it's, it's on the one hand, while it's un unfortunate that those injuries have happened, those players get injured, but they were all good squad players. So, you know, I think they've they've slotted in. I mean, we've said how well Maro's performed. As, a, as an emergency right back. Today he was playing on the right, switching with Gambin, playing on the left. They were alternating and um, some marvellous Mickey taking at the end there and just really annoying the Notts County players over down in the corner. Um, Tom Champion as well, you know, there was um, that, it was that Exeter game, you know, he was back here that day because Lincoln were playing in the cup and we didn't want him cup tied, but he didn't figure, he wasn't involved in the match at all then. And we were like, well, we need him in. And thankfully, they, they sorted out, they recalled him and got him in. And he's been playing fantastically well. I've been thinking, I'm sorry, sorry yeah. the thing about, I was just wanting to make a point about Tom Champion is I don't actually think that Tom Champion had done anything really wrong. I think the issue that Tom Champion had was that Sam Togwell has been so consistent for us that, that, it, that they play the same position. And the thing is, is that Sam, Sam Togwell not, it hasn't even given him a sniff of action. And what's happened is, is Sam Togwell got injured and Tom Champion came in and showed us that he's a good player. And actually now he holds the shirt and Sam Togwell's having to play at right back to cover. So I think that's really good for the team because you've, we've now got two very good holding midfield players who are very influential players for us, and they're now fighting over that jersey. And it's can only be better, good, really good for the team. It's interesting because over the summer we had a discussion around, um, you know, good players and positions we need to fill, um, and midfield was one of the areas we talked about. Serge, if you look at our team today, was there any obvious sort of gaps or areas where you thought we were a bit weaker or a bit stronger? Is, do you think we're missing any players if we are to kick on into, you know, the playoff territory? And um, what sort of positions would you be looking at if you were Martin Allen to try and potentially think about in January? I think we look solid across the back four today, even with Togwell out of position, but with a player of that experience, it's not that difficult to switch into that role. Where it might have been different today is if Notts County had a better player out on that left wing to really sort of give Togwell a hard time and, and sort of, you know, test those old legs of his. But um, I thought the back four was solid today, midfield played well. 
Maybe Alan needs to maybe look at somebody um, up top because, you know, God forbid um, something happens to John Akinde. You know, um, I don't know where the, um, you know, where the attack's going to come from or who's going to hold the ball up there. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the attack's been a big issue, obviously, with Sean Bat being out injured after his goal against Hartlepool. Um, and also, at Blackpro, as you said, Mem, not looking like a starting player. I mean, we just mentioned about players coming in. We also, this week, lost a player, uh, Bonson Gala, to Eastleigh. Um, for, I think the club originally, or someone originally said £250,000. That's gone down to £60,000. Uh, so uh, we don't know what the figure is. But, I mean, Michael, what, what do you think? Do you think that's a strange move? Do you think it's a sensible move? It, it's, it's a, it is a strange move. I mean, to be honest, I didn't realise that there was no transfer window or... Um, you know that the teams are allowed to yeah to sell players to non-league so that was that that's why it just seemed such a surprise it was a real surprise given that he played last saturday against crew um you know it was it was it, that was a real shock and then you start to think okay well now we've got five six weeks until the transfer window opens so we need to you know god you know we hope that michael nelson Bira Dembele. Neither of them, you know, get any knocks or lengthy suspensions. Tom Champion, in theory, could fill in possibly at centre-half. Cissé could fill in at centre-half. But, you know, the club have said they want to bring someone else in. Hopefully, you know, there's, you know we've got someone someone that the gaffer's got his eye on. I mean, Mem, you, you put Bonds down in the summer as one of those players who could come, could go, could stay, uh, could remain. What, what's your reaction to this news? I was surprised at the timing, but actually, Bonds has been third choice pretty much. When when Nelson and Dembele have been fit, Bonds has been third choice, and I think he realises that. And I think what's happened is is that from reading the program, Martin Allen's claimed that apparently he's been offered a really a really good deal. So he's probably looked at it going, I can play, I can be first choice, I can and I can earn more money probably than I'm on at Barnet. Um, so for him, it's a no-brainer. For us, actually, it's a good deal for 60k. I think we've got 60k. Oh, yeah, good business. So for yeah. 60k, Fantastic. we we get we get bonds comes off our wage bill, and we get 60k to play with, which essentially means that we could probably go out and get ourselves a really good centre back in January. And and I did say in the summer that I think that we needed a player who was going to be a regular. So what we could do with that money is go out there and we could put it to either towards wages or towards a transfer fee mm. uh, to go and buy somebody, you know, go and buy somebody who's going to slot straight in and actually compete with Dembele and Nelson for a first choice place. I think January is going to be really interesting for the club because if we have a look at the fixtures coming up, um, we've got Yeovil Town away, uh, which is in a few weeks' time, and then we're kind of into the Christmas season, so we've got Stevenage at home, which I think will be a really interesting, uh, interesting game there, yeah. and then sort of Cheltenham-Luton, um, and then we, we have a sort of trickier run where, where as I said, we've got Luton, Plymouth and Doncaster, but you know, there's a chance if we get some points in the next three games that we could be going into Christmas in a, a really strong position. Michael, do you, are you, do you think that the, the league position we're in now, eighth, is a, a, an accurate indication of where we are? Or do you think we're in a slightly false position at the moment, given the nature of our fixtures? Well, it, it's, it's, a funny, it's a funny league too this year. You know, when you, 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 you know, we went and got a fantastic result at Plymouth midweek. Yep, a few weeks back, we got humbled by Exeter right down in the mire then. And, you know, we got the draw at Newport. So... There's, you know, from our results and performances, there are some inconsistencies there. But I think you look at some of the stuff today. Plymouth are on a terrible 
losing streak at the moment. I think they lost to Morecambe today. And um, so I don't think it is as strong a division as last year. I think Mem was commenting on that during the game, you know, that you know, there aren't those big teams. There aren't the, the Oxfords, the Northamptons, who were very strong last season. I, but I think in terms of how we're doing, I don't know, I'm, I'm quite enjoying it. You know, the fact that we haven't got, you could say, Michael Gash and Pearson's out. You know, there's at least two first-choice players who I, I would probably have as first choices within that team who we're without. And to be in eighth place, I think we're doing incredibly well. So bring it on, yeah, enjoying I mean, it. Just thinking over a longer period, Serge, you've obviously seen Barnet a bit over the years. This is obviously a one-off game, but seeing as though you know, Barnet are coming into this sort of mid-table, Notts County are mid-table, just from this snapshot, do, do you feel that league's sort of similar to the standard it was a few years ago? Do you think where it's stronger, it's weaker? Is there any sort of long-term changes in perhaps how the football's being played? Or the, do you think it's you know, much of a muchness in terms of there hasn't been that much change in the league over the last few years comparing, sorry, comparing to, to what you saw a few years ago? I think um, from what I've seen of Barnet in League 2, you know, obviously more than once we've gone back down and come back up. Um, the games were a bit more frenetic um, when we came up last time, where teams would come to Underhill or the Hive and they would really go at us. Um, I thought today was quite a slow game, there was not a lot of pace on it. Obviously we got one goal on the break, but it was a three-on-one situation and only... You know, it was harder for him to miss the two players at the back post when Gambin scored. But um, I didn't think it had that much of a pace to the game. And that's probably, coming back to my other point about Togwell, it's probably why Togwell had no problem with that winger, because he didn't really take the game to him. But in, in the past, we've had teams and, and smaller clubs. There are a lot of big clubs in League Two, but there have been smaller clubs that will come to play Barnet, and the pace of their play will just wipe us out before half-time in the past. But I thought it was quite a slow game today. Uh, Mem, going back to sort of this season then, do you feel that... Yeah, that's kind of an accurate representation of, of where we are. So, you know, teams today were pretty average, basically, is what you're saying, Serge. Didn't look very strong. I mean, where do you think we fit into this league at the moment based on that performance today and over the last few weeks? Well, I think the key to it is we pro I think the key to it is we probably got the, um, probably got the, we probably got the strongest. Sorry, that was, uh, Tottenham just had a goal disallowed. So that's why they'll scream behind us. Was it was a scream for the goal or the disallowment? I think, I don't know. I think it was disbelief that they were watching Tottenham. Um, it was. Um, I think the difference between us and the other teams is we've probably got one of the best, the, the best striker in the league, John Akinde. So that is a start. And I think, I think in this league you need to have a solid defence, and we're starting to see a solid defence. Yeah. Um, I, I think that it's taken a while for us to develop our attacking game, and it's we're getting there, and we're starting to we're starting to move there. But we are a solid team, and we have got some good players. I do think, as we've discussed, we discussed off, you know, before the podcast, um, that that we do we do still need a creative centre midfield player to be as good as to be up there. And to be honest, I haven't seen a team so far this season that's anywhere near as good as Oxford were last year. We, when we saw Oxford, they came here and they were unbelievable. They were so good, and yet and um, and I've not seen any team that's come here that has got the zip, move the ball as quickly as they do, uh, the movement. I just think a lot of the teams here, I think this is just a bit of a dogfight this season. It's interesting you mention that. And, you know, thinking about the quality of football and the dogfight leads us into talking about something else, which is perhaps not such a positive, which has been the changes in attendances. And, you know, we've mentioned prices before on the podcast. I mean, Serge, as a, as a sort of long, long-term long perspective on this, um, you've been to the high before, I think. Yeah, you have. 
what's your sense about where Barnet is going as a club off the pitch as much as on it? You know, was there a change in the atmosphere? How do you feel the hive is, is going for the club? I mean, do you think that we've lost something since we've left Underhill or do you think we've gained more than we've lost since, you've, uh, since we've moved to the hive? Um, I think in terms of facilities and stadia, we've obviously gained. In terms of atmosphere, there's massive change. Obviously, majority of the games I've been to Barnet were at Underhill. I've seen a lot of games here, but um, I think the distance, a lot of people aren't willing to travel and a lot of people that might have brought that atmosphere to the terraces or the groups of friends, you don't, I, I didn't see a lot of them today, whereas I might have seen them last time and come to the Hive. So maybe it was an off week, a lot of people didn't come, but there used to be pockets of friends that would start the singing and going, and there was a little bit of it today, but there was a lot of um, periods where it was just very quiet and just people making small talk between each other. And it wasn't like getting behind the team all the way through, it was just, when something happened or the referee did something and I don't know I think um, if they can get the atmosphere back then you know it'll help lift the team and kick on but um, there's a definite change. It's interesting you mention that because I often say this obviously used to stand on the East Terrace for about 10 years and people would say oh you know you're you're looking at it through rose-tinted glasses. Underhill was, there were plenty of games at Underhill where in front of sort of 1,500 people uh, where the atmosphere was terrible. I mean, Mem, you're nodding your head. Do you, do you think that's true or do you think actually people are, are actually misremembering what, what once was and actually this has all been a positive move? I think for me, I mean, I think personally, from, and I've, this is coming also from talking to, my, talking to friends of mine who work in the industry, who work in the football industry, we are now a far more attractive proposition for good players than we've ever been. And the reason being is, is this facility, okay? People don't, good players who are playing at a good club don't want to come and play in, in a non-league ground. They want to play at a decent ground. They don't want to be part training at, in Potter's Bar at the local uh, sports centre, which is what we used to do. So that has really attracted us a level of player where players are taking us now taking us seriously we've got a state we've got a really nice new stadium the key to it is is obviously um we need to play the kind of football that's gonna that's gonna excite the audience crowd we are as barnet fans we have been spoiled we have had some really crap years but when you go back to the barry fry years and years under paul fairclough we've played played some really nice football and when we went back and the john Steele era was very poor the atmosphere so if you look at the, the parallels between that, when Martin Allen plays, plays a more direct game, everybody moans and, they, and it's silent and dead. Today, we started playing with a bit more, we played with a bit more verve. All of a sudden, people started to find their voices in the second half. First half was a bit dead today, and I was a bit frustrated, trying to start a song and then nobody would carry it on. And, and then all of a sudden, second half, it started to get a bit better. Um, I do think that there were times at the Underhill where it was like magical, but there were some awful times. And I'll always go back to all the shot at home where they scored a penalty in the first minute and it was like a morgue. It was freezing cold and it was the worst what Underhill had and it was under Laurie Sanchez. Was, was that Boxing Day? No, I can't was, remember. Was it, a Christmas, it was, a, was that a Christmas game? Cause I can't I was, remember. I just remember it freezing. I think I was still queuing to get in and we were, I got into the ground we were a goal down. Uh, yeah, penalty. It was the worst game happened a football. few times to be yeah. fair. But Laurie Sanchez era made me lose my faith in coming to the game. Uh, actually made me for the first time think about not coming to games just because of the quality. So I think there are, we always have our special moments and special memories. We've got to start making memories here. All right, we've got a few already, obviously, with the, with the, the conference win. I mean, a question for you, Michael, on this one, because... Oh, has that been a goal? 
Yes, I think I think Spurs have just scored, Mr. Ericsson. Ah, well, we, live commentary is not, not a feature of the podcast. Not quite spelt the same way as the former Notts County manager's name. <laughs> a good link back to the game. Uh-huh. One of the things I want to ask you, obviously, um, you know, you've got daughters that come along to the game. Do you think? Uh, did you ever take them to Underhill when? Uh, oh yes, they they used how, to come to they, Underhill. Do, do they do they find the difference between? the two or do they just see it as a football game at a football grounds um i think they they i think they they understood the reasons why we're not at underhill anymore much as they perhaps find it more of a faff because they can't walk to get home games now yeah um but um you know in terms of i think i think they enjoy they enjoy coming in it because because they're the you know you've got you've got grazioli's we did have the other bar, which is now Clando's, the 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 the, the chicken run or whatever chicken it's run. called, um, and there's a Starbucks thing there as well. I think, um, yeah, I think I think my daughters might miss the um, motor racing games not being in the other bar anymore. But um, yeah, they they kind of understand that. Yeah, that the, about the facilities and all of that, which was always what the nub of it was the nub of it that there was the that off pitch revenue as well as having nice facilities, which, as Memma said, would attract players because otherwise you're in a ramshackle stadium that's the, the newest bits, well, sort of 25 years old, and the rest of it is very I think, old. I think, the Mark, I think the Mark Robson era kind of summed up the, 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 the sort of like the, the nadir of, of that era under Hill. Yeah. Because I know for a fact that um, Mark Robson had a, a, re, had a hit list of some very good players on his hit list and couldn't attract hardly any of them. And I think that was the point where it was like, the underhill was obstructing us. We couldn't get the players we want. And, if you, and we all know what happened with the Martin, Mark Robson team. It, we went down that season. And that, to me, was summed up the problems that we had off the field with trying to get players in and trying to convince them that Barnet was the team to come and play for. Well, on some more positive news then, uh, after that rather depressing aside, <laughs> and looking ahead finally to the, to the next three games, so we've got uh, Yeovil Town away, uh, we've got a kind of mini break for the FA Cup, Yeovil Town away, Stevenage at home, Cheltenham away on Boxing Day, um, before we get into some quite tricky fixtures, but those three then, potentially all winnable games, potentially we get some points from those. Um, what I'd like from us all before we go is our prediction from those three games, how many points we're going to get. And secondly, uh, on Boxing Day, so at sort of seven o'clock on Boxing Day evening, where are we going to be in this league table uh, and what direction are we going to be going in? So Serge, uh, as this is your first game and we're asking you to make a huge prediction, we're going to go with you first of all. Um, three games coming up against sides in lower mid-table, prediction for points and where do you reckon we're going to be uh, on Boxing Day evening? I think we'll take five points from the next three games. Obviously, the three points coming against Stevenage because that's just going to be a gift. Um, the other two, I think, will be a draw. <laughs> and in terms of um, where we'll be, I think we'll probably be in and around the same spot. So around eighth position then. I'll be quite happy with that as well. Fantastic. Go on, Michael. I'm going to go bold. I'll go uh, seven points and we'll be in seventh place. Well, this, is, this, this lucky number seven keeps on appearing for us, uh, Michael. I'm very nervous we're going to end up in there at the end of the season. My <laughs> prediction of 12 is going to be uh, a little bit too pessimistic. Uh, and what about you, Mem? How many points for the next three games and when are we going to finish? I think we'll get six points. Two wins and a loss then? Yeah, two wins and a loss. And I think we'll end up in, we'll, we'll finish in sixth. See, we'll, that's, bloody, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, no, because I'm looking here. Look, if you look at Wickham, Wickham are plus one. And we're zero goal difference and they're only a point ahead. 
So I think it's very, I think that would be very, you know. And also, looking at it as well, Wickham have lost seven games this season. So they are a team that either wins or loses. Well. <laughs> so I think we've got a chance. We've only, we've only lost four games this season. It's one in four we yeah. lose. Yeah, that's, that's impressive. So if, if we turn them draws into wins... As the resident pessimist, I am going to go for four points. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Typical. <laughs> Just because I, I can't see us getting anything other than a defeat at Yeovil. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're doing really well. It's, it's certainly good to have a, you know, a good game, a good atmosphere and a, and a good three points to take us into the, the Christmas period. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll call it a day there. But thanks a lot for joining us, Serge. Um, final thoughts. I'm just going to get one more thing from you, Serge, because I know you're, you're not here very often. So... You said we're going to finish in and around this point in a few weeks' time. End of the season. Go on, put your hand on your heart. Where are we going to finish out the 24? Um, don't give these guys too much round for optimism, otherwise it'll be just me on my own saying we're going to finish 12. But what do you think? I think we'll finish in the playoffs. I'd like to see that. Get a favourable tie and see what happens from there. But you never know. All right. Well, I'm going to leave the last word with Serge. But uh, Michael and Mem, thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, we'll, we'll try and get back with, uh, with the podcast in the next few weeks. Thank you. Closure on the inside, ulcer on the outside. Footsteps tap cool.